0: You won't have any scriptures to turn to anymore because we already covered all the scriptures that we were referring to as far as praise the Lord is concerned. Like I told you, Mary Ann and I <clears throat> visited a couple of weeks ago a conference that an organization had for um, college age kids. Uh I think they do a number of those throughout the year. Sometimes it is just for the ladies, sometimes just for the men. This was for the whole group, uh, men and women had gathered. And Marianne and I went there as guests. Uh, I guess you could say we were the oldest ones there, weren't we? Yeah, that was for sure. But I was very impressed with uh, this conference. I already told you how the college kids, and there was what, at that one, 140, did they say 140? uh, When they were singing, they really sang out. It was tremendous to even hear that. And every now and then, you would see throughout the audience somebody, not disrespectful, But somebody, and I don't think I can demonstrate it the way my shoulders are, but you would see somebody do this. They'd raise a hand, maybe two hands. You could tell it wasn't for show. You know what they were doing? They were praising the Lord. We're going to get into some of the scripture today that indicates that's exactly uh, what we should be doing is praising the Lord. Now, I, I don't expect now after I get done with this message that every time I preach a sermon that all over the audience, uh, people are raising their hands and praising the Lord. If the Lord leads that way, that's fine. You do it. But uh, sometimes, you know, we kind of mock people when they do that. Well, you know, maybe we better understand uh, what that's all about. Some people, they may may be insincere when they do it. But a lot of people are doing it because they are sincere. Amen. So that's what we're going to get into a little bit today. Now, let's start off by sharing with you a little bit of the news that we have heard this week that really is kind of depressing. But yet, I think it kind of ties in with this message today of praising the Lord. We, as Christians, have so much to be thankful for and so many reasons to praise the Lord. Uh, I've been uh, reading a book that I came across in one of these bookstores. Sometimes you do come across good ones in Christian bookstores. And this one here, I don't even know who the author was. And it intrigued me because he was writing this book and talking about smaller churches. Not mega churches, but smaller churches. And he was, uh, there's a lot of good things he has to say in there that are very helpful but um, we have so much to praise the Lord about. In February of next year, this church, Cornerstone Independent Baptist Church, will celebrate its 20th year of existence as a lighthouse in this community. That's something to praise the Lord about. So we have a lot to praise the Lord about. Uh, I was listening to the news uh, this week, and it was constantly in the news because two of these people that the news was talking about were very popular and well-known as far as the world is concerned. The one man by the name of Anthony Bourdain, I guess I'm pronouncing that right, he was a celebrity chef or something like that, and he was involved with other people. Aspects of making a living. I think he was on CNN. He might have been even involved with some movies that were were made or documentaries. I I don't know that much about him. He was over in France for something to do with his capacity as a chef. Another chef came into his room, I guess, to get him uh, up or thought he was running late. And here he had committed suicide. A successful man committed suicide. Another lady who was very popular and successful as a fashion designer, her name was Kate Spade. I don't know anything about her. Maybe some of you do. But she committed suicide also. Successful people, probably people are asking today, what happened? What was the reason to, to just, you know, take your own life? Well, sad to say, since, ni- since the 90s, 1990, 1995, since that period of time, which was not that far back, suicides in America have increased 30%. That's terrible. 30%. In 2016, there were 45,000 suicides. Just 2016. And the suicides included the ages of 10 years and older. That's horrible. That's horrible. And you say, well, what in the world? That's a heck of a way to start out a message about praising the Lord. Well, I don't know the spiritual condition of these two people, these well-known people. I, I don't know their spiritual condition. And I have heard that people who were Christians had gone through Horrific times of depression in their life. Uh, one popular preacher from the, fa- from the past uh, actually had to deal with depression all of his life. And you'd have never guessed it when he got up in front of the hundreds or thousands of people and was preaching to them. But it's something he dealt with. But that's a sad thing, isn't it? When you hear, no matter whether you knew them or not, so sad that they took their lives really at young ages. I think maybe the oldest of these two might have been 61. And I think that was the man that took his own life. So, we have so much as Christians to be thankful for. And like I said, I don't know their spiritual condition, these two people. But I wonder if maybe it would have been a different life for them. I don't know whether they knew Christ as their personal Savior or not, but I have a feeling that perhaps if they would have known Christ as their personal Savior, it might have been different for them. They might have looked at life differently. We certainly do, even when we're going through some hard times, physically, emotionally, whatever. We still have so much to be thankful for and so many reasons to praise the Lord. So many reasons. So with that in mind, let's get started today with this little study on praise the Lord. Actually, I believe according to the scripture, and I think you'd have to agree with me, that according to the Bible, man was created to praise and glorify the Lord. That's throughout the scriptures, especially the Psalms. And the Proverbs. Isaiah 43, 7 says this For I have created him for my glory. That's God speaking. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 31, a scripture that we often quote. Some of you have it memorized. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Now, when you think about that verse, you really have to think about things as you go through your daily living, don't you? Is this really going to bring, bring glory to God? That's what I was thinking of when Marianne caught me eating a blueberry pie the other day. All right? So what is the meaning of praise? Uh, to bestow approval or uh, honor upon someone worship, glorify, well, there's nobody worthy of that but God, amen, and that's who we should bring glory to. The Hebrew word, and it's interesting, when I went to Bible school, we had to study the language that the scriptures were originally written in, and that's a good thing, and there's many helps that you can get too, even as a, a lay person to help you uh understand the scriptures a lot better, but the Hebrew Hebrew word that is used for praise is the word halal, H-A-L-A-L. Now what does that sound like the start of? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Uh, and it means, this word means to stretch out the hands to worship, extended hands to worship. Uh, and it's translated here in this text that we read. That Hebrew word is translated praise. Praise. Uh, and the word praise really means to address in a loud tone, to glorify and triumph in God. Do you remember? How many times we read, when we're studying the children of Israel, and we read about how they used trumpets, and those trumpets, depending on how they were sounded, it meant something to the children of Israel. Uh, One time they might uh, uh, use that trumpet, and it was a call to worship. Other times it was to call the men together to get on the walls of Jerusalem, because the enemy was coming. And they were supposed to prepare for war. <clears throat> and uh, of course, uh, uh, that idea of uh, holding up the hands and and to do it in a in a way of reverence to a holy God, uh, to open up the hands. That's another thing that's so important. When they raise their hands, uh, they're not clenching their fists. They're opening up their hands. Well, you know what that indicates to me when, when it comes with the open hand? You're letting go of everything else. You're opening your hands to God. Uh, who can fill your hands better than you can anyhow but God. So you come with open hands. You're not holding on to anything else. You're coming to Him with open hands and praising Him and giving glory to Him. That means you're holding on to nothing else. You're just reaching out to God and praising Him and giving Him thanks. You know, a lot of our problems when it comes to praising God is we don't want to let go of things. Including our problems, <laughs> uh, we all have problems from time to time, don't we? But that shouldn't keep us from praising the Lord. It shouldn't keep us. Now, sometimes it can keep us from coming and gathering together to worship because we might be recovering from something. Uh, it's probably uh, already been told by a couple people that know me and my demeanor that uh, they tried to be as kind as they could. And they said, yes, when you're recovering from your surgery, and they smile when they say, you're going to be a little antsy. That means I'm going to be a little anxious or... I'm going to maybe get a little frustrated when I'm trying to do everything with the left hand. And and that's when they also think of my wife and say maybe we ought to pray for her because I'm sure the pastor more than one time throughout the day is going to be calling out Mary Ann, Mary Ann, I need help. <laughs> but even that uh, it's I got to look at the other side of that. What it's going to be like when you can use that arm without pain. And then when you get the other one done and you can actually put your own coat on and instead of like we had to do this morning, ask Sarah to help me put on my coat. Oh, that's a great thing to look forward to, isn't it? And praise the Lord. And praise the Lord. uh, that the skill that he gave the surgeon that's going to do it. And of course I pray for her too that she says, this is going to be one of the best ones she ever did. Amen? Yeah. But even that we can praise the Lord. Even in that. Uh, we only praise something that we honor and prize highly. That's what we praise. And there should be no nothing or no one more worthy of our praise than God our Heavenly Father. Here's something else. We already touched on this a little bit at the beginning, but I want you to turn to 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel and chapter 6. I'll give you the verses here in just a minute. Second Samuel, okay, there we are, taking a while to find it here this morning for some reason. Second Samuel chapter 6, we want to read here a story that will bear out this next point in my message, and in chapter 6, beginning at verse 16, it says this, and as the ark Of the Lord came into the city of David. Micah, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and dancing before the Lord. And and she despised him in her heart. And they brought in the ark of the Lord and set it in his place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had pitched for it. And David offered burnt offering and peace offering before the Lord. And as soon as David had made an end of offering, burnt offering and peace offering, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. And he dealt among all the people, even among the whole multitude of Israel, as well to the women as men, to everyone a cake of bread and a good piece of flesh and a flagon of wine. So all the people departed, everyone to his house. Then David returned to bless his household, and Micah, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, who uncovered himself today in the eyes of the handmaid of his servants, as one of the vain fellows shamelessly uncovereth himself. And David said unto Micah, It was before the Lord which chose me before thy fathers and before all his house, to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore will I play before the Lord. And I will yet be more vile than thus, and will be base in mine own sight. And of the maid servants which thou hast spoken of, of them shall I, I be had in honor. Therefore Micah the daughter of Saul had no child unto the day. Of her death, you say, "A man day?" Now, what is this all about? I mean, was David dancing naked or something here in the streets? Well, first of all, he was happy because finally the ark of the covenant was being brought back to the children of Israel. He was not doing anything disrespectful. He was rejoicing. He was praising the Lord. And the point that I want to bring out to here to you today is this: <clears throat> it is very dangerous. To make fun of somebody who is seriously praising the Lord. What does it say about this wife of David who happened to be the daughter of Saul? Because of her mocking or making fun of David. It says in the last verse here, As she, the daughter of Saul had no child unto the day of her death. Nothing to fool around with when it comes to praising the Lord or mocking someone for doing such a thing. Um, now, um, there's several things that I want to bring to your attention. So that's what we want to go over here now if you keep an outline. The number one thing that I want to point out to you today is this. It is plain that God's word teaches praise it is plain that god's word teaches pl- praise look at luke chapter 19 if you would luke chapter 19 luke 19 and i want to start reading at verse number 29 luke 19 verse 29 <clears throat> And it came to pass, when he was come nigh to Bethpage and Bethany, at the mount called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go ye into the village over against you, in the which at your entering ye shall find a colt tied, whereon yet never man sat, loose him, and bring him hither. And if any man ask you, Why do ye loose him? Thus shall ye say unto him, Because the Lord hath need of him. And they that were sent went their way, found even as he had said unto them. And as they were loosening the colt, the owner thereof said unto them, Why loose ye the colt? And they said, The Lord hath need of him. And they brought him to Jesus, and they cast the garments upon the colt, and they set Jesus thereon. And as he went, they spread their clothes in the way. And when he was come nigh, even now at the descent of the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to what? Rejoice and praise God with a what? Loud voice for all the mighty works that they had seen. Saying, blessed be the king that cometh in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the heights." Now look at verse 39. And some of the Pharisees. From among the multitude said unto him, Master, rebuke thy disciples. Look at verse 40. And he answered and said unto them, I tell you that if these should hold their peace, the stones would immediately cry out. And so here are these here. People wanted to throw cold water on this uh, special event. You see how Jesus responded to that. Even if they were quiet, even the stones would cry out, rejoice, and praise the Lord. And that's interesting. An interesting story. Uh, and of course, in Acts sixteen, let's turn to that, if you would please. Acts chapter sixteen. Let me begin reading at verse twenty-five. Familiar passage of Scripture. It says this. And at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God, and the prisoners heard them. And suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loosed. And the keeper of the prison awakened out of his sleep, and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself, supposing that the prisoner had been fled." But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, do thyself no harm for we are all here. Then he called for a light and sprang in and came trembling and fell down before Paul and Silas and brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. Now, Paul and Silas were in jail. Why? Preaching the gospel. They didn't steal anything. They didn't rob anybody. They didn't murder anybody. They were just preaching. And they were put into jail. But at midnight. At midnight of all times. I mean, you know, if if you're not feeling well. uh, You know, sometimes, I mean, even when you have a cold, you're feeling a little bit better during the day. But am I the only one this happens to when you have a cold and the it, it, sun seems to go down and during the night it seems to be worse for you? And you, sometimes you get awake in the middle of the night around midnight and you're just not feeling real good. But here in this case, Paul and Silas prayed and what? Sang praises to God. Result? Huh! The jailer got saved. And we know by reading the rest of the story that everybody in his household got saved too. Wow. And here they are in what a situation that I would consider or some would consider, boy, that certainly don't seem like it's a time to praise the Lord. But they praise the Lord and look at the results of them praising the Lord. Here's something for us all to understand and learn we can still praise the Lord no matter of the circumstances or the surroundings that we face. And if the Lord tarries, we might understand that a whole lot better, depending on how this world goes, with the persecution that could come to us. Remember, they were in jail for preaching, and that's the only reason they were in jail. And they were still singing and praising the Lord. Here's another one for you. Look at Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3. I love Acts. The history of the early church and how God was working. And how it can still work today. In Acts chapter 3, look at verse 1. Now Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour, and a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, was carried, whom they laid daily at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, to ask alms of them that entered into the temple. Who, seeing Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked an alms. And Peter, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, Look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand, lifting him up, and immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaped up. Leaping up stood and walked and entered with them into the temple. Walking and leaping and what? Praising God. And all the people saw him walking and praising God. And they knew that it was he which sat for alms at the beautiful gate of the temple. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at that which had happened unto him. Oh, that's marvelous, isn't it? Isn't that marvelous? Now, there's a good reason to praise the Lord, too. Amen? That's wonderful. Um, You know, something else that I see in that passage that we ought to understand? Praise will also help others to see the realness of Jesus and what he can do. Sometimes it's not as drastic as a lame man now is able to walk. Maybe some of you have been able to bring light to some other people if you were saved later in life and you weren't exactly known as a good citizen or a good father or a good son. And now that Jesus has changed your life, people see a difference as they see you praise the Lord. For what he has delivered you from. Oh, maybe it wasn't as drastic as you couldn't walk for years. Well, it was in a sense in which you couldn't, really. At least not the right way. And God raised you in a different way. And that's a lot to praise the Lord about. Amen? A lot. Move on. Number two. Praise shows that you are not ashamed... Of Christ. Praise shows that you're not ashamed of Christ. Mark 8.38 says this. Whosoever therefore shall be ashamed of me and of my words. In this adulterous and sinful generation of him also shall the son of man be ashamed. When he cometh in the glory of his father with the holy angels. You know, I, I personally can't understand why anybody would be ashamed of Jesus and his word. That's just hard to fathom, isn't it? Hard to fathom. Now, I can understand if you're bashful and you're shy. But I often tell people who are bashful and shy, and this helps them get over it. Isn't it interesting, even to a stranger, if they see a grandchild with you, You could talk to them for a half hour about your grandchild and get out your wallet and open it up with all the pictures of all the other ones too. Can you do the same thing for Jesus who did a mighty wonderful thing for you when he saved you? And can you tell others about how wonderful it's going to be when you see him for the first time face to face? And live with him for eternity. Wow. That helps people get over their shyness. Well. Praise shows that you're not ashamed of Christ. Romans 1.16. For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. For it is the power of God. Unto salvation to everyone that believeth. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. You know what that covers? That covers everybody in the world. You fall in one of those two categories. You think Paul and Silas were ashamed of Jesus in the jail at Philippi? I don't think so. You think the lame man at the gate called Beautiful was ashamed of Jesus and his word? I don't think so. It's pretty obvious he wasn't. Not on your life were they ashamed of Jesus. They couldn't say enough about him. Number three... Praising God brings joy to the Christian. Praising God brings joy to the Christian. I know that the church is us, the people. I understand that. But I also know that this building is what God gave us. And many people when they say, I'm going to church today, they're saying they're coming here to worship together with brothers and sisters of like precious faith in this place. So therefore, it's all right to say, I'm going to church. And when I go to church and I leave, I like to feel like I've been in church. I've gleaned something. I, I, I got to see your faces. I I got to to talk with you and and share some of your blessings and some of your prayer requests and a lot of other things. Sometimes we just downright have fun here, don't we? Because we're brothers and sisters in the Lord. That's a great thing. I like to feel like I've been in church when I come here and I've, I've been with the Lord. And with you. If we go to church praising God and seeking a blessing, then we will leave rejoicing every time. Personally, over the years, now I guess I'd have to confess this, sometimes I'd get up in the morning and didn't feel quite like going. But when those moments happened and I went, you know how I left the church? When we went home, feeling a lot better. Feeling a lot better. Psalm 122, verse 1. I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. Our trials and problems can only take our praise away if we allow them to. If we allow them to. When you think about it, are our trials and problems bigger than God? I think the answer to that is no, they're not. Now, I understand that sometimes. God will take away our problems. Sometimes he even takes away our aches and and pains. And sometimes he doesn't. But he's right there with us when he allows us to go through it. Because he says he'll never leave us or forsake us. Never. Never. If we could get into the habit, and we all have habits, but if we could get into this good habit of praising God, I think it would help us to think less of our problems and we'd be better off in many cases. One goal of ours at this place I hope it's in your heart, is to see the lost come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And many times, whether you know it or not, people are watching you. And some of them know exactly what you're going through. And some of them, even if they don't say it to your face, might be saying it to others. How comes they're going through all of that, whatever it may be, I mean, look at that. They've been walking with the cane now for I don't know how long. And you can tell they're in in pain. But every time they come across me, they put a smile on their face and ask me how I'm doing. And you know they are one of them Christians. And sometimes God allows them observing those things about you to get them to think. That maybe they need Jesus. And that would be great too. When not it wonderful? The Bible tells us that every time somebody gets saved, what happens in heaven? There is rejoicing. Do you think there's a lot of hand raising and praising the Lord when somebody gets saved up there? I think it is. I think it is. And if we just sit around like a bump in a log that doesn't bring much glory to God. There's a scripture that says this, and then we'll be close. We'll close. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. And although some in this world today don't understand that and won't do it, there will come a day that they'll recognize who He is and they'll bow their knees to Him and they'll acknowledge Him then. Isn't it much better to do it now? With all the aches, all the pains and, you know, the lack of hair and everything else you can think of, it's still wonderful that God uses us in the state that we are to bring honor and glory To himself. So all of us should always remember. Each and every day. To what? Praise the Lord. To praise the Lord. Let's pray.